0: Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. the Sports Card Nobody, and this is episode 26 of the Sports Card Nobody podcast, and tonight I am so excited to announce that I have, for the first time ever, a two-time guest on the show. That's right. I've got my guy, Scott DeMay, who was actually the first guest I ever had, coming on for the second time. He is the creator of of the ECCA Expo at the Mohegan Sun Arena. And he is stopping by tonight to share all kinds of information about the show taking place this Saturday and Sunday. That is June 11th and 12th. And listen, if you don't live in or plan on visiting Connecticut to get to that show, you need not worry because there is so much information that Scott drops just about working behind the scenes. What it is to try to get these things off the ground and get them running, all the, um, Emails and marketing, and all those different things. And if you're into this hobby, it is so cool to get to peek behind the curtain and see what that's really like for folks that are trying to do this type of work to make the hobby bigger and better. So stick around for that interview on the other side. But first up, I am going to do my weekly kickoff. This is episode 26. So I am going to count down the top five athletes, in my opinion to have ever worn the number 26. Now, this one was a little more challenging. Uh, 26 doesn't have some of the glamour of the other numbers that I've done. No Clayton Kershaw, Michael Jordan, no Willie Mays. Nope, there's some some different names on this list, and I I was actually pretty excited to kind of dive in and, and read some stats and bios and all those sorts of things. But you know what? No more delay. Let's get to it. This is episode 26, so I am counting down the top five athletes to ever wear. The number 26, number five, Patrick Ilyash. Ilyash was a one-time All-Star. He won two Stanley Cups, however, with the Devils in 2000 and 2003. Patrick Ilyash, number five athlete to ever wear. The number 26, and that brings us to number four, Chase Utley. 2008 World Series champion, absolute legendary in the city of Philadelphia for what he was able to do with the Phillies. He was a six-time all-star and finished his career with a war of 64.5, which puts him in some fantastic Hall of Fame um, company, including the very next guy on this list who is in the Hall of Fame. That is number three, and that is Billy Williams. That's right, Hall of Famer. He won the Rookie of the Year in 1961. He won the batting title in 1972, and he was a six-time All-Star himself. So both Chase Utley at four and Billy Williams at three finished with a very similar career war. Speaks volumes to Utley's long-term chances to make in the Hall himself. We shall see. But that brings me to number two, Wade Boggs. Hall of Famer finished his career with a disgusting 328 average. He was a World Series champion in 1996, a 12-time All-Star, absolutely phenomenal pure hitter, one of the best to ever do it. And that brings me to number one. Now, number one is exciting because it is very, very different. First up, it's NFL. And second up, it's a guy who plays on the defensive side of the ball. That's right. This is Rod Woodson, an NFL Hall of Famer, an 11-time Pro Bowler. He won the Defensive Player of the Year in 1993, and he was a champion as a key ingredient to the Baltimore Ravens in Super Bowl 35. So congratulations to Rod Woodson for winning uh, the Sports Card Nobody Best Athlete to Ever Wear number 26. weekly kickoff segment or whatever. But all right, this is a sports card show. So let's talk about Rod Woodson sports cards. Now, if you play defense in the NFL, you do not get a ton of love in the hobby. And you know what? That's all right. If you are interested in rookie cards, Rod Woodson has a 1989 score rookie and a 1989 tops rookie. They are both plenty available and you can get either one of them in a PSA 10 for a, under a hundred bucks, pretty easy to get. So what I'm actually going to talk about and what I'm going to recommend is instead of rookie card hunting, which is a lot of fun. I get it. It's great to have some awesome rookie cards, but something that gets a little undervalued in this hobby is just getting awesome cards for players that you love. And if you are, if you are a Rod Woodson guy, if you're a Steelers fan or a Ravens fan or or a, a Raiders fan, Or really, you know, any team that he might have played for, you're just, you're a Rod Woodson guy. You don't necessarily have to chase just the rookie card because listen, Woodson's got some really awesome cards out there. Uh, One of the most recent sales on something that would just be phenomenal to have in your own collection. On April 17th, a Panini Immaculate 2019 triple tag patch auto one of one sold for $655 on eBay. $655 for a one of one for a hall of famer and just Rod Woodson. I mean, come on defensive players get no love, but the good thing is if you want a Woodson card, you can go get some sort of banger patch auto or auto uh, national treasures, uh, you know, flawless and immaculate, whatever you want. You can go get something that will make it just a, a loud, aggressive statement in your collection. Uh, Another example on May 13th, a 2018 national treasures auto game used patch sold for $51. That's nothing. You're going to pay so much more than that for, you know, uh, anybody who throws the ball. I mean, good luck trying to get a Trey Lance, um, you know, even, you know, something a little bit more than a base card for a quarterback. Who's never even set foot on the field. Rob Woodson's a hall of famer. So, Listen, if you want his rookie, 1989 score or tops, you've got options, but you can really get yourself something really special for Rod Woodson. And, you know, I'm all for it. I don't always collect just rookie cards myself, especially with the resting card stuff that I do. I've got a Sandy Koufax autograph card uh, on my desk next to me right here. Doesn't have to be a rookie card to still collect stuff that you love. But all right, let's cut it down real quick. The Greatest Athletes ever with Weather, number 26. Number five, Patrick Eliash. Number four, Chase Utley. Number three, Billy Williams. Number two, Wade Boggs. And number one, Rod Woodson, NFL Hall of Famer. But that's it. That's my top five list of Athletes everywhere, Ever Weather, number 26. And if you think I screwed that up, if you think I did great, if you have opinions, if you have guys that I think, or guys or girls that I may have left off this list, reach out to me and let me know. You can find me at SportsCardNobody on Instagram. I'm at SportsCardNobody on Twitter. and I'm on Facebook as well. And if you hate this list, let me know. Leave a review at your podcast hub of choice. Or if you love it, you know, let me know that as well. That'd be great. That'd be great too. Also consider subscribing. That would be amazing. It really helps the show. But you know what? You know what helps the show the most? Share this. Share this with friends. Share this with family. Share this with absolutely anybody you think might care about anything I have to say. That would be amazing. I would appreciate it. You're the best. But all right, you know what? That's enough out of me. Why don't we go ahead and get to this interview with Scott DeMay, the creator of the ECCA Expo at the Mohegan Sun Arena, which will be taking place this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, June 11th and 12th. Scott had so much good information to share, so please... Stick around for that right now. All right, I preach this on this show over and over about how important it is to get out and actually experience the hobby. The value in getting into a local card shop, getting into a card show no matter how big or how small, and most importantly, in talking to other people in the space is just impossible to quantify. Getting out there and building relationships takes what we do from simply collecting cardboard and turns it into a life experience. I've been pushing myself to do that over this last year. I've been able to truly start to make some real connections in this hobby. And really, 90% of the reason that I do this podcast is to force myself to step out of my own comfort zones and reach out. On my 13th episode of this show, I did just that and I was super pumped that the reply I got was not only positive, but enthusiastic. After spending some time at the ECCA at Mohegan Sun, I invited the creator of that show onto this pod and he turned out to be my very first guest ever, and now 13 episodes later, I am pumped to introduce him now as my first ever two-time guests, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, friend of the show, Scott Demay. How you doing, Scott? Man, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh no, thank thank you for taking the time to uh, support us once again. You know, I have absolutely no problem joining and hanging out with you for a little bit.
0: Awesome. And uh, I'll I'll give a little peek behind the curtain to the people who are listening to the show. We had a lot of technical issues trying to get you on tonight. So again, I thank you for bearing with us and getting through all the Zoom things and hopping on. But um, before we get, uh, you know, the the show and everything, you've had a big uh, week or two, right? I saw some stuff about a birthday and a wedding anniversary, a lot going on in the DeMay household.
1: Yeah, we did the we did the back to back. So, birthday was on the 3rd, anniversary on the 4th, so makes it uh easier to knock them both right out.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, happy belated and happy anniversary. Which uh which number anniversary was it? Uh 6 for
1: wedding, but this year will be 17 together.
0: Awesome, dude. I I can relate to that cuz on in May I actually had my 4th wedding anniversary, but it's yeah, I think it's 17 as well. <laughs> the years fly by, man. So congratulations on that. Man.
1: 2005, That's that's been a while.
0: Yeah, dude, it's it's wild. When I met my, uh, my now wife, she was 18 and I was 21. So we are entirely different people all these years later, 17 or 18, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, man, congratulations. Happy belated. Happy to hear some really, really cool things happening in the household. But let's get the brass tacks, man. The reason I got you on the show is, you know, as I talked about in in the intro a little bit, you are the creator of the ECCA Expo that took place at Mohegan Sun and is going to take place again here this upcoming weekend, June 11th and 12th. Scott, tell me about that show.
1: Uh, Let me tell you, time flies by, number one. So, um, as we talked about on the first episode, I'm back on number 13, um, the the feedback was just absolutely amazing from the show and everyone knows me i'm not a fake hype person so if the feedback wasn't amazing i would not sit here and say it was um i, I can't even explain how the last three months have just flown by so we called mohegan sun to book the next date and we ha- we had to actually teach them about the hobby
0: Right, it, right. you I, you talking about that. I
1: think we talked about that. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we got, the, we got the next date secured and it's already here. It, just, it, <laughs> it literally flew by. So back on whatever that Friday was, March 1st, March 4th, March 3rd, whatever date it actually was, we promised our dealers, our first time dealers to the show um, that they would get the first update for the next show. And they'd have dibs on tables first. And the response was just overwhelmingly positive. Um, we had three or four who couldn't make it, whether it was vacation pre-planned, um, a wedding. Um, yeah, wedding for one. Um, I was like, come on, you can't, you can't miss the wedding. Not that <laughs> yeah. a, baby, right? um, a birth of a baby of one where um, he already had, his wife already had the baby um, about a week or two ago. And it was just uh, possibly going to be a little too close to the show. Totally, oh, totally respect and support the family priorities 100%. Big time. With that said, um, before Monday morning, we already had 75% of the tables full of the current vendors, which was a 15 table increase from show one. So show one, we only ended wow. up with 60 total tables, including Veronica Taylor, our, our uh, Pokemon autograph guest, right? So by Monday morning, we already had 75 filled from the current vendors, Wow. Um, ven- vendors that joined a table together split, you know, to their own two tables, um, vendors that had three tables increased to four vendors that had one increased to two. So we, we increased by 15 tables before Monday morning or, you know, to 75 total from 60 by the following weekend, we were sold out. Wow. Sold out. So now Michael, what do I do with my time for the next three months? <laughs> right.
0: In All March that hustle is 10- taken off your, off your plate.
1: Yeah, it's like March 8th through 10th, whatever the date actually was. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, we have literally three months until the show. What am I going to do with my time now? Because before it was like, it was almost like that, that polite hustle, right? Do you want to join us? No. Okay. Do you want to join us? No. Okay. Do you want to join us? Yes, I do. Like going show to show, talking to vendors. Now it's like most of the dealers know me at the shows. So they know when I come in there, actually, believe it or not, I went to the Plain Enfield show. I think it was the Enfield show that weekend with no marketing for the new show. I just wanted to go in as a buyer and just have a little bit of low time and ended sure. up finishing selling the show in Enfield. Like it, it was because everyone was like, Hey, Scott, this guy wants a fresh." Hey, Scott, this guy was like, all right, well, that's not what that wasn't my target today. But I guess once you, once you run it from our show, it's always your target.
0: Sure. Well, well, listen, I mean, one of the things that I talked about in that little intro and the things I, I, I keep trying to preach, you know, to anybody at any aspect of this of this hobby is building relationships right the fact that you're saying I mean, the dealers know you they they know what you're about they know who you are and you've already talked about it, and I think we touched on this the last time we talked the fact that you gave the loyalty to the vendors that want to come out, right? Listen, you guys are gonna get first, first dibs. If this thing, you know, explodes and, you know, becomes a bigger show and bigger and bigger, and bigger, I'm still giving you guys first dibs. I mean, that goes a long way. That loyalty, that relationship building, that is it just speaks volumes to what they sort of feel of this show is. And when you go into something like Enfield and everybody knows that, of course, that word of mouth is going to fly and and it's positive vibes when you when you give the positive vibes out. So that's a huge credit to you. There was one.
1: There was one dealer that really uh, triggered that, and he said, "If I join your new show, do we have our space secured, or am I going to get booted for a national guy?"
0: Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: no. Why? Why would you get booted for a national guy if there's no space? They they don't trump anybody. They didn't. They didn't start from the ground up. Yeah, of course your space is secured. Now, if you skip a show or two, we might have a slightly different context of making sure that you have a future space um when when tables are available i'm not saying i'm going to cut you from the show just because you weren't available i mean our first show i I won't mention who it was just for his privacy but we had someone who um because of his profession found out he tested positive Mm. that is absolutely a reason to miss the show do you think he was on this do you think he was on the email for the second show a hundred percent because i'm not going to um, penalize him for missing the first show from something that we all dealt with for the last couple of years. His health was more important, number one, to get better and number two, to not spread it at the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the um, right thing to do, right? You don't penalize yeah. somebody for doing the right thing. So again, that, uh, that's good on you.
1: Absolutely. So so yeah, the, uh, the loyalty back to what I call like the team, right? Because yes, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, my wife is absolutely amazing with helping. Um, My friend Mike does a lot to help us, um, you know, both leading up to the show and at the show. He usually runs my table while I run around. Um, You know, I've got I've got a great team at home here between the three of us. But the vendors are also a team. They're not they're not dollar signs. They're not like, thanks for filling my show. Good luck. It's always like, what can I do better to support you guys? So that's where we have a couple of surprise updates to announce on the show for you as we get to your questions and answers in a little bit, but it's about making sure that as a whole team, like I can't do this alone. I I can't run 60 tables by myself. I can't run our new updated list of how many tables we have now for the next show by myself. I need a strong vendor team. And that's why I always refer to everybody. Whenever I say like we for the show, it's always we as me and the vendors as a team not just I.
0: Yeah. I I mean, again, that attitude is just phenomenal. And and you really felt that when you were at the show last time. I mean, I did, and I talked about this when, I, you know, in my recap and, and you and I discussed it, but I had a blast. And the reason I had such a good time was the vendors. I mean, I, I had so many great conversations with folks. I was able to, I spent time at tables, you know, not expecting necessarily to buy something, ended up buying stuff. I had some other vendors too, who weren't afraid to come up and realize I was asking questions about some cars and, show me what they had at their table. You know, if you're interested, I've got this here, you know, if they don't have it there and nobody was pushy. I mean, I I really had a blast. It was such good conversations with folks, uh, good negotiating. You know, there's always going to be negotiating back and forth and everybody seemed to be operating in good faith. I I really enjoyed the the vibe while I was there. So the positive feedback was no, you know, I'm not making this up. If I didn't have fun, I wouldn't be excited to go back the second time. You know, I had a blast. Um, so I I guess let's talk about the actual specifics of the show then. So like I said, it's June 11th and June 12th, 9am to 4pm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what the differences might be from the first show to this show? You know, what did you learn from, you know, version number one? And now here we are at at 2.0.
1: So the feedback that you just gave, um, first, thank you. Right, um, I want everyone to feel that way. I want everyone to feel welcomed and have a great time. So I, I appreciate hearing that and know that it's genuine, and hope that everyone else who has visited um, feels the same way. And we also took some of the—I didn't want to call it critique or criticism—but we took the other feedback because everyone's like, "Listen, the show is great. Can you do this next time? The show is great. Can you do this next time?" So. Our biggest two questions of um, feedback for, actually, I should, I should say three for next time was um, not to have the ticket booth in the casino hallway. That has nothing to do with the hallway that we were in. That way people, if they missed it, didn't have to walk all the way back. So we fixed that. Um, the ticket booth is across from the ballroom. Like I I didn't okay. care if the, if the ticket booth was 20 feet past the ballroom. The fact that you didn't have to walk all the way back out that long hallway to get tickets um so we, we corrected that the ticket booth is right outside the ballroom this time the question for vendors at the show was more vintage cards so we okay. have a couple of vintage dealers coming in to correct to help fix that right so we took the feedback and we ran with it and then the third one which was pushed by uh, and we were going to do it anyway But now with the parking being limited close to the show, the winter garage is still open, but the winter parking lot is closed for the barbecue fest. We now have 18 signs, 17 signs going around the casino for the quickest route to the show for anyone that has to park anywhere but the winter garage. So we now have, um, we will be putting it up late Friday night. Okay. That way there's no confusion that the show is not on Friday, we will now have directional signs to get you to the room. Cause there was feedback that people left cause they couldn't find the room.
0: Yeah. I remember that in the, in the different social media, Facebook groups and whatnot, that was probably the biggest, um, uh, yeah, critique or criticism or concern was the signage was tough. Um, I had the I had the advantage when I went because you went and did the Instagram live with Rob Girard, the sports car therapist. Yep. I think the night before, right? I think you did it on the Friday, going into Saturday, and I watched that that Instagram live. So I was able. I remember when I was walking, I was like, I was like basically following your footsteps in, which made it a lot easier for me. So right. it never even actually dawned on me that that could have been an issue. And same thing with the uh, the ticket booth table, uh, because the way that I entered in, following your footsteps. I saw that booth straight ahead. It was pretty, oh, okay, go right there. But yep. you're right. I guess it was, a, it was a pretty long walk down the hallway from that booth to get to the actual ballroom. So, that, a, I mean, that's great. That's a, It sounds like that's a really good fix to help people out.
1: Yeah. And honestly, um, <laughs> Nicole thought I was a little crazy because when I went to the casino by myself, but FaceTimed her to show her, okay, I want to sign here, sign here, sign I had a list of 36 signs. And then <laughs> when we realized because I was on FaceTime that we looked at the direction backwards, we had to go back to reconfirm before we bought all the wrong signs. Oh
0: so when right, we went right. back,
1: she was she was like able to see it in person with me because we went together. Sure. And she's like, Yeah, you don't need three signs right there. Like people will see one of those signs and figure it out. So we were able to cut down to 17 signs from like 36. So <laughs> Uh, but we also we're gonna have a couple of like the uh, the floor stickers to like point in the right direction. Um, so just keep an eye out for the easels with the signs uh, to get through the casino. But no one no one should have an issue this time. I covered every entrance possible for signage.
0: Awesome! Yeah, that. I mean, again, not only the vibe and everything, but just. When I saw the way you were responding to people's criticisms in the different Facebook groups and whatnot, there's another thing that was really a, a testament to who you are as a creator of the show, because you really were taking in what they were saying and addressing it and obviously putting it into practice now that we're about to come up on the second version of the show. Um, so one of the other things that's really big about your show outside of the cards are the autograph guests. Yes. Now I know you've announced a couple that you've that you've talked about in the different social medias, but do you want to share the the guests that you plan to have this this time around?
1: Absolutely. So we'll start with our uh, Pokemon guest. Uh, um, so for the trading card vendors, um, we want to make sure that they feel supported as well. So every show, as long as contracts and timing works out, we are always going to make sure that we have um, a trading card um either voiceover or tv show actor actress somebody to support our foot traffic of vendors and for our fans so the first one is um allison lee rosenfeld uh she was the voice of nurse joy for a couple pokemon movies she's also um, a character in Oh and has like a whole rundown of different anime characters that she has done so um i don't have that list in front of me but that's the uh that's the quick for her. She is going to support us from 12 to 4 on Saturday and I think 10 to 3 on Sunday. So we're pretty excited for that dual support from her. Awesome. Um, our our next guest is going to be a early UConn great, um, Chris Smith. He is actually going to be uh, free autographs while supplies last. So I have photos coming in. Um, The photos are free. The autographs are free. If you want to take a photo with him, it'll all be, it'll all be free. And we're using um, sky up signings as the sponsor for the, for the free autographs with him.
0: Very cool.
1: And then while the Celtics are hot right
0: now, this was a
1: (laughs) nervous point over the last couple months as a Celtics fan, I was the biggest Celtics hater going into this. And for your (laughs) listeners who knows, the name of the guest i'm gonna say they'll understand for anyone who's listening and doesn't know who we announced um there was a clause in the contract that said with brian scalabrine being a announcer for the games if there is a game conflict he will not be at our show so i was like no finals oh, please man. no finals right <laughs> oh, no. we got the best of both worlds as a celtics fan we have the finals one and one right now. Um, and it's a Friday night game and he'll be with us on Saturday. So awesome. from a from a hype around the Celtics perspective, we couldn't have asked for a better time, right? The Celtics are are hot. They're in the news. No matter what, next Saturday was either going to be a championship Friday night, which we now know in hindsight, their one and one is not happening, or a game five. And we're guaranteed that game five. So either way, yep. Celtics fans are still gonna be hyped Saturday unless we go into friday's friday night's game down like 3-1 or something sure. right? yeah, but yeah, yeah so brian scout <laughs> so breen is going to be with us from 10 to noon um and um his tickets will be available at the door we'll have merchandise for sale inside again if you don't have anything though um we are providing photos for free so awesome. um as long as you buy the autograph ticket you get it you get a photo of your choice for free if you bring your own item you don't get the photo too it's just one item um and then chris smith is going to be a little overlap 11 to two okay now locations of the autograph guests um allison is going to have a table in the show right inside the uh, two double doors so whether you come in from the left door or the right door she's gonna be right in the middle of the two doors you can't miss her um if you remember the first show, I think we—I think you and I actually spoke in that empty space before getting into the show, right? I, I believe that's right.
0: Yeah, we were talking right around there.
1: Yep. So that empty space, um, so this is a typical ballroom for like a wedding, right? So that's mm-hmm. almost like where the wedding uh, party would wait to be announced into the ballroom. Sure, for the party. okay. So that space is where we're going to have the backdrop for the two autograph guests of Scalabrine and uh, Chris Smith. So that that way you see it right as you come in the door. If you have an autograph ticket, you cannot miss where the autographs are going to be.
0: Awesome. If listen, when you announced that it was going to be Scal, I was pretty pumped. So I I've actually had been fortunate that I've worked with Scal in person and uh, some of the different uh, TV things that I've done, and he is one of like the most genuine fun good people and i'm pumped you know i listen i'm a lakers guy i'm a celtics hater through and through but one of the one of the, like the biggest bummers about working in sports television quite a bit is there's been quite a few times that i've met somebody and i want to say listen i hate you you're a celtic you know as much as i can hate a person i don't know in right. a sports way i don't like you and Scal was one of the guys that after working with him for a couple of days like man ah. This dude's awesome. <laughs> Him and Paul Pierce. I'll give Paul Pierce a lot of credit too. He was another one. I'd come to work and like, dude, just stop making me laugh. Stop being funny and cool. You know, could you just get back in the wheelchair and look like a fool for me?
1: <laughs> I mean, but- and here's the thing with Scow. Like, not only is he 100% genuine, but some, some people on our Facebook ad commented, which you're always going to get the negatives, but are like, really, really Scow? Like, he wasn't even that good of a player. You don't need to have stats to be a good player. Right. Right. He had the fundamentals to help the team. He had the mindset to help the team. That is generally bigger to keep a team together than putting up 30,000 points for a career.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, we're we're seeing it in the, uh, you know, the Golden State dynasty or whatever it is. Right. You know, Draymond Green is not going to be a guy that's going to go to the Hall of Fame for scoring. Yeah. 30,000 points or anything like that. But everybody who talks about and analyzes that team tells you that he's the heart and soul of that team. He's kind of the engine that helps, you know, get things going. I mean, obviously, it's all about Curry. It's all about Clay. There's definitely going to be superstars on teams. But if you don't have a Draymond or a Scal and those types of guys that can bring it to another level, you know, you're probably not getting over the hump. And listen, anybody who's got something bad to say about Scal, go for it. But go up and meet him. Say hi to him, and I promise you're going to walk away like thinking that dude's awesome because he really is. He's such a good dude. I mean, co-
1: comparison of attitudes, not comparison of players. I've met Rodman, and Rodman couldn't even look up to say hi to anybody
0: mm. while he
1: signed his stuff, and you moved on. That's a terrible fan experience, right? You know, Scal is going to have that positive impact on everybody around him.
0: Big time. And I think it's going to fit the vibe of the show just perfectly. I I just know that like it's just another good dude to, to be able to get to see and, you know, say hi. And if you get something signed, I mean, that's phenomenal. You know, yep. that's a, it's a great get, man. Good for you on that one.
1: And you mentioned uh, the truth before. So we had a lot of comments like, well, why not Paul Pierce? Why not this person? Why not that person? So here's here's the thing. So you you went down the, the path of what we're doing for the show and then brought up the autograph guests, right? As, as your mm-hmm. question there? Yep. In my opinion, shows that become too much about an autograph guest don't support their vendors who help them grow a show. Sure. Because now you have people only showing up for autographs. And while the hobby has major overlap between autograph collectors and card collectors, there's still a huge gap. Between autograph collectors and card collectors, at times. So, if you become like uh, recently, Probst did autograph get uh, autograph fest. They had a very good balance, even though it was autograph focused. To where dealers were happy, right? It's not easy to create that balance. It is not sure. easy to pull in the biggest names you can. And not put any advertising or any support into your vendors. So we are always going to be that show that is going to be card focused, table focused, but have the autograph guests as like, hey, you can meet somebody while you're here.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, even if you go on a much you know, larger scale, right? I'm going to be going to the national next month in July huge, huge list of autograph guests that they're going to yep. have. I, I have the VIP ticket, so I'm gonna, I have a huge list of, of autograph uh, guests that are, you know, come included with the ticket. Uh, what I really care about is the cards, right? I'm not a, an autographed collector. You know, there's people I'd like to meet. There's, you know, experiences I'd like to have, but I'm definitely in that camp where I'm there for the cards. I'm going to the ECCA for the cards. You know, my, right. my whole intention is going and talk to the vendors, the folks that I've made some friends with, talk to you, say hi to people, and you know, get that experience. That's what's there for me. But yeah, having the autograph guests as well to help bring in some extra foot traffic or try to do the overlap. I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. And and again, I mean, it's also easy for people to sit back and go, "Well, why don't you have this person? Why don't you have that person?" I mean, I don't, it's easy to make a fantasy show, but you're actually doing it. You're out there making something happen and and you know, putting together a great experience as a whole is phenomenal. So
1: right, like someone someone questioned the um the $10 admission fee Mm -hmm. technically for a casino setting, I could be 20 or $30 and say too bad because it's, it's a casino. It is a top notch facility that has everything while you're there, but we choose to try to keep it family friendly and affordable.
0: So let's, let's actually talk about that. Then the, the, um, the, the logistics, so it's, it's $10 a ticket. You just talked about that. Um, You can buy tickets Kids under 12 are free, copy that. Yep. And you can buy tickets online or at the show, right? Is that accurate? That's correct, yep. Awesome. And what about the um, for the autograph sessions? Can you buy those tickets online? Are you buying those in person? How does that work? And, and what are the charges for that?
1: So those are going to be only um, at the show because with the up in the air of Scalabrine until last week, finding out that he was going to be um, okay for the show still, um I would wait for that confirmation I did not want online ticket sales to go through the roof for him and then have to tell everyone hey next time and we'll and we'll float your ticket until next time or something
0: you know sure
1: um so that everything's at the show um Allison is charging at at her own table so we're not we're not in charge of anything for Allison I unfortunately for our Pokemon fans listening do not know what her charge is I probably should have asked her but just in case it, it's something different day of than what she told me prior, it's better just to let her handle that um, sure. at her table. It's kind of like a Comic-Con. Al- almost, almost 100% of Comic-Cons, you can pre-buy tickets, um, but most of the time it's cash at the table for the voice actors and actresses. Um, again, Chris Smith is free, and you do get a photo with that, like a, an 8 by 10 Um, and if you want a photo, if he's willing to do a photo, we'll, we'll uh, determine that day up, but that should be free as well. And then for Scalabrine, we are doing a $25 autograph, $10 inscription, um, $20 photo with your phone, um, against our backdrop, because we don't have any professional photographers yet and a combo package for $40 for all three. If you want autograph, inscription and photo, it's 40.
0: Awesome. And all Uh, of
1: that is at the door.
0: Okay. And so you already mentioned a little bit about the parking. Um, let's go over that a little bit more though. Cause you do. Yep. The barbecue fest is going to be there, which I am actually very excited about. I'll be showing up to try to get my lunch there, get some barbecue with a buddy of mine before we hit the show. Try not to get too, uh, sticky fingers before I go <laughs> and look at some cards, but, uh, very excited for the barbecue fest landing on the same day, but it is affecting your, the parking for you guys. Right. So how, how is all that working out?
1: So for the park, I was very nervous about that for the parking, because if you can't find parking, you're going to want to keep hanging around. I'm hoping. So there used to be a restaurant called Arugula's that's actually kind of behind Mohegan. If you came in behind in the back entrance and no one really knew about it. So there's a massive parking lot over there um, that I'm hoping is where they're directing most of the barbecue fest, um, attendees too. you can also park over there and just take the short walk to the casino from from over there just be careful for traffic Cro- cross the road safely um and then the winter garage is staying open so the access road around the winter parking lot to the winter garage and out of the winter garage to then leave that area is staying open. so we're not okay. losing that garage we're just losing the parking lot. Um, which is why I put up as much signage as I'm going to on Friday night for the other two parking garages. So whether you park at Riverview or summer Garage, whether you take the left elevator or the right elevator at either one, we have signage at every entrance.
0: Awesome. Okay. All right, so you you kind of uh, I think you hinted a little bit at the top of the the interview here. Um, is there any other news specific about the about the show that you want to talk about?
1: So last week we did a massive um, expansion for anyone who came to the first show. The room was only half the size of the actual ballroom. So as you walked into the right, that wall collapses and, go, okay. and goes into a wall, just like all of us had in gym class. We could separate the two sides <laughs> of the gym. Right? Yep. <laughs> um, they still do gym class, right?
0: I think so. <laughs> That's a real good question.
1: <laughs> um, so, so the wall divider is going to be gone. We have expanded to the entire room um, to be just shy of 140 tables now. So we started wow. at 60 for the first show. We had a huge wait list. Uh, we have reached out to everybody directly to let them know that we were accommodating the wait list. Um, and we were able to add almost an extra 40 tables on top of the 100 that was already sold out back in March. So that was big news last week. Um, trade night has not been really fully advertised but saturday night is going to be a trade night from five to eight it is going to be in a meeting room next to the ballroom so we're gonna have a sign out there throughout the day um i'm gonna have the manager of staples in new london who's also a card collector who reached out to say can you get any signage let me know so we're gonna have him print that up and and have that posted outside um Really, really low key trade not, um, night. We're not able to have food or drinks in that meeting room because they don't want to have to clean up. Um, I said I would leave the room as clean as possible, so we're not going to have any beverages or anything for the trade night. But it should be a good time to just hang out for a little bit.
0: Okay, so now I I have actually never been to a trade night, uh, and. When you had talked about during our sort of recap conversation, the first time we talked, you had said that there was going to be a trade night and I've been amped up for it ever since as I've been saying, like, I'm definitely planning my day around that trade night. So when I found out that it was going to be on the Saturday for sure, I made sure I got the day off and I can go, but talk me through how a trade night actually works. Is it part of the ticket that you buy to get into the show? What should somebody who's never done it before expect? What's it like?
1: There is no admission to trade night. So it doesn't matter if you came to the show or if you're only coming for trade night. Uh, There's no admission for trade night. Um, Trade nights can be either like super amped up or really laid back or a combination of both, right? You can have some people will say when it's like very laid back that it was underwhelming and Mm whoop-de-doo, I went to a trade night. Other people say like, oh, I love how laid back it is, right? A trade night is where everyone really just brings their cards to trade, or if you're like me and you landed really late into Tennessee, and <laughs> there was a there was a trade night down there, you just bring cash and you trade yeah, cash yeah. for cards because sure. I guess it's still a trade. I didn't purchase it if you call it a trade, mm-hmm. um, so don't be afraid to also be able to purchase stuff at trade night either. Honestly, we're we're looking to be more of like the laid back, right? You're not going to have all this excitement of music and a DJ and you know all this. All this fun. There's the other nightclubs in the casino for that. This is just that <laughs> if you want to connect with some people, um, you know, the, the actual showroom is going to be 100% locked down. So any vendors that want to bring their own cards over to trade night, they have to get it. They have to do it before the room locks down. And this doesn't force vendors to stay till eight o'clock when the show is only till four if they don't want or care about a concept of trade night. So Um, honestly, it's, it's really just gonna be laid back. It's going to be a time where everyone with their cases of cards can pop them up on a table. You can have a little fun looking at each other's cards because what people forget is even when you're at a card show, you can sell to the person next to you. You don't have to only deal with the vendors, you know? Sure. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of times if, if you pop a case of cards open with a dealer and he's like, Oh, I'm not interested. I'm like, Hey, if we go somewhere else, you mind if I look at those? Like there's nothing wrong with trading with each other at a show. And I think a lot of people forget that. Um, so that's why I think that's why the trade nights becoming more popular as well to be a little more personal than just hey, I'm behind a vendor table.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's it's a concept that I actually have to get better at though, because I'm I'm a collector and I'm such a hoarder. You know, I'm trying to buy the things that I want and I plan to keep everything I buy forever until I give them to my kids or you know, eventually maybe want to upgrade. But uh but I really I'm trying to dive into this and and force myself to experience something new in the hobby that I've never done before. And you just said, actually, I've been meaning to get myself a case. I'm going to have to figure that out in like (laughs) less than a week now, because I keep forgetting to get one to bring the cards that I want to be able to share with folks that maybe I'll find a trade partner, but I'm excited for it. (laughs) How about
1: this? I've got one extra here for you. Find me at the show and come on in, grab the case and then at trade night, just give it back.
0: Awesome, dude. I, I'll probably take you up on that. I'll, I'll get my cards of the show and I'll come find you and we'll talk about that. Um, all right, man. So I I keep talking about it. I, I, I'm bringing some friends. Um, I'm definitely going with one buddy. I've got another guy that I work with that's exciting to go. The enthusiasm that I have for the show is real. Um, you know, the, being in Connecticut, it's always tough to find big versions of of things that we're into hobbies or whatever it might be. So like I said, the last time we talked and, and like I've talked about on, on the show here and, and even in my social media, the fact that we're getting something that's got someone like you running it is a great vibe and trying to make it bigger and better. I mean, already the differences that I I think that we're, I'm expecting to see from show one to show two is so exciting, man. So I, I really, I'm pumped for this. I, I want to thank you again for for putting this on and, and bringing something here to connecticut that we can really be proud of and you know we don't have to travel too far away to, to be able to go and have a, a bigger card event because as much as i love Plain the plainville show and those types of shows i mean those are phenomenal don't get yeah. me wrong but i i love what this is already and what it's becoming so great great job with this
1: i appreciate that well we're expecting um hopefully an even larger turnout than last time because there's almost no overlap in the area this time. So in, in February, I had to choose the two dates I did on the 26th and 27th because we had Kevin Nash booked for the 26th. So I had to work around that. Um, There was a show in mass. There was another show down in Stanford. There was a show in New Jersey. There were shows everywhere that weekend. So everyone who enjoys the hobby was kind of torn We're like, where do we go? Did we try to, try to we go somewhere else? So the fact that we had as much positive feedback and foot traffic as we did from the first show just felt amazing. So I'm very excited for this one. And the other piece of news that we didn't really get to before is I got off a call with iHeartRadio today. So get ready to hear the ads this week for the show.
0: Awesome. Full marketing campaign, huh? Everything.
1: Everything. That's especially, great. especially because of the barbecue fest being such a big staple of the summer for Mohegan Sun. The fact that we landed the same weekend by accident, because we announced ours way before they announced it for, uh, for the barbecue fest. Um, I'm absolutely stoked for that.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I'm pretty pumped for that. Like I said, I mean, you know, I think when I was at the show last time I was there for a couple, however many hours I was like, all right, it's lunchtime. And just finding a restaurant there and the, uh, you know, and and there's plenty of options, which is great, but, but I don't know, to get me some good barbecue, sign me all the way up for that. That's going to be great. Oh
1: yeah. It it was like a huge selling point. You know, like last time to talk to a couple of vendors in order to be like, Hey, you know, do you want to test this out? There's a big bridal expo down the hall. You never know if, there's a lot of women in the hobby, right? Some people are like, sure. oh, it's just a guy's hobby. No, it's not. It's everybody. Okay, let's just get that out of everybody's head right there. It's everybody. <laughs> so you never know who might stop by or they might want to get um, a wedding gift for the father-in-law to be, the husband to be, you know, uh, the wife or, you know, anybody, right? They might want to, the husband or friends might just be down the hall and say, hey, let's check out the show. So that was like a selling point for the first show. I didn't need a selling point for the second show yeah. because of the success from the first one. However, the Barbecue Fest is an amazing reason to be like, you know what? I'm gonna go vend at this show and get really good food. Not only for yeah. lunch, a <laughs> Barbecue Fest doesn't end till like I think ten o'clock that night.
0: Yeah, it goes so, like all day. So you get dinner too. Yeah, it was like it was an aggressive. I was trying to like plan out my day, and I was looking at the Barbecue Fest. I mean, they've got things going. Like every hour for the entire day, all different, I don't know, like wings this time, you know, there's a wing contest and then a rib yep. contest. I, whatever it is, there's like so many things happening. It's I'm pretty pumped for that. And uh, yeah, me and my buddy that are going together to the show, we've got tickets to that as well. So we're definitely, yeah, it might be a, we might stop by twice, both before and after the show or after uh, trade night evening since it goes so late.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So and um, then we are working on a contract for the, the next show. I can't give any specifics for that just in case it doesn't work out, but um, we are already in talks for the next show. And I kind of uh, alluded to it earlier where it was more of like, we just had to teach the casino the hobby just sure. because of the boat shows once a year, bridal expos once a year, you know, they actually have a cannabis expo if anyone's interested in that. <laughs> um, but so we just had to teach them about the hobby and now they are absolutely excited for our expansion to use the whole room already um, and just to continue to, uh, work with us as strong as possible. So I already emailed them for the next date. It'll be later in the year. So we'll only end up with three shows this year, but honestly, not knowing what to expect from show one to finishing out 2022 with three shows. Um, I'm grateful for that. I, I can't, I would never say, well, why not four, right? Um, I'm very grateful that we're fitting all three in as long as the contract finishes that we'll be fitting in. And I owe it all to everyone for stopping by and the support of vendors for trusting me to create the first show.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I mean, three potential shows when you're just just starting to do this. I mean, that's incredible, man. You should absolutely be proud of that. Uh, And I'm already excited and starting to figure out, okay, (laughs) if if, when that date gets announced, I'm going to have to figure out how to go to that show as well, because I definitely I plan to try to make it to each and every one of them that you put on. Um, you know, the, the feedback that I've heard too, especially f- from the vendors, cause you know, I I've talked about quite a bit, Alex at ideal sports cards. Uh, you know, he, he's a big, you know, fan of yours and a fan of the show. And I'm excited to see him again. You know, uh, I was chatting with him that he's going to be set up again, which is, which is great. And hopefully I'll finally get to meet Rob too. Rob Gerard, the sports card therapist. I missed him last time, but I think he's going to be set up, right?
1: Yeah. So you're going to miss Alex on Saturday. Um, Alex okay. has a family obligation, which as I've ah. said multiple times, family is the, is the most important part of everything that we do. Um And then yes, Rob, very excited to have Rob join us. Um He's been a, a huge advocate behind the scenes as well. So mm-hmm. de- definitely props to, uh, to him and everyone else. I mean, we could go through the entire list and I'm sure everyone has supported in some way, shape or form.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, after, you know, when the, when the weekend's done, I, I, I plan to, you know, hopefully meet and, you know, shake as many hands as possible and, and try to give as much credit to anybody who, who makes it a great experience. Again, you know, I'll do another recap show and and share what it was like. I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, again, man, thank you so much. And so we're coming up basically at the end of the time here. Is there any other any other things you want to add about the show? Anything that can help people figure out whatever they need to do to, to get there?
1: um again whether no matter what parking garage you park in whether it's the first one riverview second one summer or the last one winter or that extra parking again be careful crossing any of the streets um we have signs everywhere we just don't have signs outside at winter for the barbecue fest to not interfere with them there's only one way into the casino that way and you walk right by us from the winter side so um, didn't really go. Didn't want to overlap the the barbecue fest too much on that side of the casino. But for anyone that's parked on the other side, you should be able to follow the signs very well. If I if I need any feedback to say I missed a couple spots for signs, let me know. But I think we covered everything pretty well. Um, and then just keep giving us feedback for the show. We have some long term plans that I won't share um, until they until they happen. But we want to keep it a very fun family friendly atmosphere and the stuff that we have planned down the road now that we're seeing um now that we'll have the second show to see what success comes out of it we'll be able to determine what steps we take next in order to reach those show goals around the um expansion that we want to work on and this is it's not a money expansion it's a you're coming here to have fun expansion
0: Awesome. And where where can people um find you? Where, you know, your socials, the website, and all those sorts of things. So people who, who might want to buy their tickets ahead of time, where can people find you?
1: Yep. So instead um instead of announcing both like we did last time, we're keeping it really simple. Um so it's eccaexpo.com. Um so for anyone that's listening, it's Edward Charlie Charlie Apple And that's also the Instagram handle as well, at ECCExpo.com. Um, And believe it or not, I didn't realize on Facebook that you could do handles for your Facebook uh, pages so everyone can follow the the page on Facebook as well by searching East Coast Card and Autograph Expo or doing the ECC Expo will actually bring you to the Facebook page as well.
0: Awesome. Great, man. Listen, again, thank you so much for your time. I'll definitely see you here on Saturday and uh, I really look forward to it and for anybody who wants to come out, you can reach out to me if you have any questions as well. I can try to help direct any way as possible. But Scott, thank you so much. First guest ever. First two-time guest ever. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. I really appreciate your time and your company, my friend. I appreciate
1: you as well. I hope you have a great
0: night. All right. That was my guy, Scott DeMay, creator of the ECCA Expo, taking place this weekend, June 11th and June 12th. If you are in Connecticut or you're going to be anywhere around the area, you should definitely stop by, if only as an excuse to get yourself some phenomenal barbecue at the BBQ Fest while you check out some cards. But listen, that's all I got. Thank you so much to Scott for stopping by. Thank you so much to all of you listening out there and sharing and supporting and all those awesome things. I really appreciate every time someone reaches out to me and tells me what they like, tells me what they don't like. I love doing this show. I love communicating with you all out there once again thank you and good night